0: The following audio is from Gold Country Baptist Church in Shingle Springs, California. Visit gcb.church to find more resources and to learn about our church.
1: I get very nervous when I have to speak on a microphone, so sorry if I ramble on. Um, I know not everybody knows me, but I'm Liz Pino and my husband Josh. we were both born in Cuba, and my parents were believers, so I was blessed to be raised in a, in a Christian home, um, but it obviously didn't mean much to me at that time, because my parents couldn't save me, obviously. Um, so um, I grew up going to church regularly, to Sunday school, um, and my Sunday school teacher happened to be josh's uncle and aunt um so i i knew them before i met josh um and when i was about six years old um i was in in sunday school and one of the um the lesson that day was on on sin and that we are sinful and uh, we have uh, we have to repent from our sin and ask uh, Jesus to forgive us. And so the way um, it was explained that day, and my parents said, obviously uh, taught me and, and read the Bible to me daily. And um, I knew about Jesus and I thought I loved Jesus and I thought I was saved, but it was that day that um, Sin, you know, my sinful nature was clear to me um, that I realized that I really needed Jesus and that I needed to repent and uh, ask him to forgive me um, and to be my savior. Um, so that day after Sunday school um, class, I asked I asked my my Sunday school teacher to um, help me pray and ask Jesus to come into my heart uh, which was quite a joyous day for me, I went home and uh, in the car, I was telling my parents about it that I was saved now and and um, i we went to um, a church that was a free will Baptist, so that was unfortunate because i i I felt like I had to cross all the dots all the, all the t's and uh, dot all the eyes, um, and to, to, to be a good Christian. And so, um, it was all probably more, um, just trying to be good, you know, trying to do all the right things and please my parents and please Jesus. Um, so there wasn't really a true change of heart at that point, uh, in my life. Um, I just, I just from there on, I tried to to be more obedient to my parents and I would pray and ask Jesus to help me help me be more obedient to my parents and to do uh, all the right things, but there wasn 't growth there wasn 't a true um, change in my heart to desire to um, learn more about Jesus and what he wanted me to how he wanted me to live my life for him um so um, it wasn 't until I was eleven years old that I was at um, family camp with our church, and um, they did uh, a revival that night and um, it just the message really moved me, and um, it was when I truly, I think, um, gave my life to Jesus, fully understanding what I needed to do. Um, And so um, we went back, and that's when I asked to be baptized. Um, And it was um, from then on that I did start to see growth, but I still wasn't fully changing my heart um, and growing the way I should have been. It took, it took probably several real big trials in my life, um, for me to really run to him and truly understand and believe that he was a real God, that he was all I needed in my life to, to live out the life that I was supposed to be living and, um, our our oldest son was having some marital issues and i i felt i saw myself just falling apart and not not really having the comfort that only god can give you through your trials um and it was then that i realized that i i didn't know him fully i didn't fully understand what he can do for me, and how I can just rest on him, and that he he would see me through whatever it is um, that I'm going through, without having to worry, having to stress out, um, and sinning. Because when we don't do that, that's that's we're sinning. We're living in sin. We're not we're not trusting him um, fully. Um, so it was, it was with that first big trial in my life that I really, truly learned to rely on him, trust him, give him everything that I was going through and finding the peace that only he can give you, um, when you give it to him and, and trust that he is in control and he is going to, um, you through whatever it is that you're going through regardless of what the end result is it's his perfect will and it's the right thing the best thing for me for you um so um that was after we had gotten married uh when i when i actually got to that point and it was from that point on that it was like a turning point in my life to where I truly learned to run to Him as quick as I can. And um, in turn, that's when I really started growing in my faith and um, and just, just resting on Him. And, and uh, that, in turn, has helped our marriage. It's helped our entire relationship with others, with Him and everything. Um, so that's a little nutshell of it i can ramble on and i don't want to do that so i'll stop at that and let him take over
0: well as she said i am josh and um
1: Mosquito. <laughs> uh,
0: so yeah we were born in cuba i was born in cuba and i it so happened that i was born right as Castro was trying to show Russia what a great communist he was. And so he was cranking down on on things in Cuba. My parents had come to Christ um, back in the mid 50s um, as a result of American missionaries that went from Tennessee to Cuba, established a uh, a seminary. Those seminary graduates started out planting churches. One of the churches that they planted, it was in the area where my parents lived. Prior to that, my parents and and my grandparents had been visited by the JWs, and for whatever reason, uh, they pushed them back. And when this missionary came by, um, they said, ah, this is the truth. Um, So time went on. Um, In the mid-60s is when Castro and the United States came up with a pact that Anybody that wanted to leave could leave because a lot of people were leaving, you know, Nilly Willy, just boats and rafts and whatever they, however they can get out, because the things are really oppressive. My parents applied to come. They, they, uh, and at the time, people were given a number to get in line to leave. During this time, in the early '60s to well, the '60s up to about '67, '68. Going to church was not a um, not very easy in Cuba because they would uh, monitor you. If, if you were not deep in with the Communist Party, you were you were observed and and monitored. So I my going to church in that time was spotty simply because of the logistics of you had to basically hide. You would go to um, meetings of uh, church meetings, if you will, uh, group meetings that were. Uh, undercover so they they would not um, interfere. So uh, um, in 67 or so, my parents applied to come, 66, 67. They applied to come, they get accepted, they get a a number. and Their number was in the 173,000 and something. Liz's parents had a similar experience. At which point, they took everything my parents had and took my dad to a, a concentration camp for 30 months, two and a half years. And they basically took, uh, and they had a lot of land uh, that had been inherited back from the Spanish days and so on and so forth. Anyway, that got uh, taken away. The one thing that I, the good example that I have for my dad especially, but my parents, was that they never doubted God. They always trusted him and they knew that they could endure with, with uh, their uh, belief in Christ and that, that Christ would just see him through it. And so, and he did. Uh, never fails. Um, so we come to the U.S. Uh, we go to churches primarily. I grew up in the Glendale, California area. And go to, um, start attending church regularly in that area. And through my Sunday school teacher, um, I, she was talking about um, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 that basically, and Nathan touched on it today, the fact that you, your works, your being good doesn't um, save you. It's uh, it's Christ dying on the cross, and, and, and basically um, there's nothing that we can do on our own to save us, save yourself. So it was at that point that um, I accepted Christ and and uh, uh, was later baptized. I think I was 12 or 13 years old. And um, at that point, you know, through my high school years, it was it was I was a good kid. I was um, um, n- never got in trouble. I was always with good friends, either Christian friends or friends that were not Christian, but were um, you know, just good kids Um through my uncle, I meet Liz and we got married in '83. And um, we, p- pretty soon thereafter, started having kids. And um, our two sons were born eventually. Um, things went on. Like Liz said, one thing that we have learned is that God's sovereignty is what it is. And we can't, you know, it's, it's, we can't change His plans. His pl- He's got a plan. One of the things that, if you ever talk to me for any length of time, uh, you'll find that I'm, I'm very conservative. I'm just because of my background, that's what I, but I, that's one area that God has taught me to back off because, you know, it's like I want to force something to happen. You know, how can somebody vote for somebody? How can somebody elect, you know, I, I, that, was, the majority of my adult life, that has driven me nuts. Um, if you saw today, I'd assure this that I, said, I I miss Reagan. Well, I really do. <laughs> um, the the fact is that, but God has shown me through time and 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 growing through him that hey, He's in control, not me. He may use my vote or whatever to bring His plan about, but there's nothing that I can do. It's in His plan, you know, Daniel. 221 i think it is says that he appoints kings and gets rid of kings and you know uh, so on and so forth the the fact is that you know i think because of my uh what happened with my parents and the background there just instilled in me that ha you know how can stuff like this happen and we all know uh, that he lets it happen for his purpose I'll tell you a, bit, a little bit about my work, uh, history. I come to the, we moved from California from, I worked and was a building inspector in the LA County area. I moved to Sacramento. I also was a, did some contract work, some inspect, um, uh, build homes back there, moved to Sacramento, go work for the city of Sacramento As a building inspector about three or four years into that. um, I get dragged off to be to work in a specialty unit, more of the "quote unquote" law enforcement side of the building department and, and fire department, to work investigating fires, accidents, explosions, and that kind of stuff. And um, I did that for the following, I don't know, 12 or 13 years. Um, I, I did it. I managed it, um, and and I saw, you know, a, a little different. Um, aspect of the world if you will my perspective sometimes that and that that work kind of calloused me a little bit so I wasn't as sensitive to uh, different things but it also it was very intense um for you know I was on call 24/7 you know 365 um and for those of you that uh the younger generation that are used to texting well, I used to do it when they used to text you one way. it was called a, a beeper or a pager um that's that's your the original texting um and so you know then then it was uh you had a pager, you had a cell phone, and you had a a, a radio you know eight hundred megahertz radio for, for communication back and forth the, anyway that's my life that was my life for twelve years. Well, that also happened to be the twelve years that our kids were growing up so I hate to mention a secular song, but if you ever have listened to Cats in a Cradle, that's my story. Um, I mean, I, I, you know, we, I missed a lot of our cr- kids growing up just because of work. And I think my spiritual life suffered a little bit uh, in that process. Not a little bit, quite a bit in that whole process simply because I was so caught up. A lot of us have been reading uh, War of Words, most of us, right? um you know and i'm reading that book and i'm saying man that's also me i i there's times that i could be talking to somebody and i could be hearing what they were saying but i was thinking oh what's going on at work or what did that guy that i just interviewed what did he just tell me and but yet i'm paying attention but i wasn't giving you the full attention just because i was so caught up in that it was later in in life that that um I, you know, again, I I got out of that. I went back to inspections and uh, so on and so forth, and um, and it it helped me these uh, de- uh, you know just get back to real life. I guess you call it, and and subsequently, humble pie. Yeah, eat a little humble pie there. <laughs> um, so in in we have seen God's work in our lives as as far as our married life, our spiritual life. Just like Liz said, we've had instances in our life that that have caused us to rely fully on God. We have come to a point where there is nothing we can do on our own to solve certain situations. And unless you give it to Him 100%, it's, you know, we're not going anywhere. Other than to sit and wait for his will. We also have uh, seen it. We've prayed for certain things um a very uh you know something that is most recent it was um uh moving to where we move and coming to to gold country we we had been at a really good church for 20 some years and subsequently we decided it was time for a change for certain reasons and and we prayed and and uh first time or two that we came to gold country i liz and i went out to lunch and i said, hey i just think we found our new church the subsequent after that we the the selling of our home in folsom to facilitate building our new home in shingle springs and all that kind of stuff that you you can ask us about this later i don't want to take the time doing explaining but there's um, things that happened during that whole process from the time that somebody actually was in our home and said, I'll buy your house in Folsom to the time we were building our house and we were money, a a short amount of money. And the guy that had framed our house called us up just out of the blues and said, hey, we made too much money on your house. We'd like to give you some money back. Um, Things like that. I mean, just that have no explanation other than the fact that it's God's doing because that's how he wants to direct us. Uh, to go and um you know just um we, we're we're growing on a daily basis and and your encouragement and and just holding us accountable is you know what we expect i guess um but um we've we've tr- truly enjoy worshiping here at uh, gold country and enjoy the fellowship and and the friendships here it's pretty much all in a nutshell. You can you can you can ask us anything you want. Uh, catch us on our time, and I can expand on any of this stuff. Um, one of the things that I did when I worked for the city, I used to do the media stuff. I used to I was the PIO for quite a long time. Where you know, to, basically, the reason I did it was to control what went out. But the 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 other part about it is, if you want to hear a funny story, ask Liz why I had to give it up. And it it has to do with her and people showing up at our house. (laughs) Anyway, thank you. Thank you.
1: All
0: right. Thank you so much. We're going to close out the evening here with prayer, but this doesn't close out our time of fellowship and and getting to know each other, and even asking questions. But uh, let's let's pray. Thank you, Father, for this evening. We thank you for your grace that is calling people from every tribe and tongue, and and country, and island, and even communist strongholds, and uh, from all around the world. Lord, you are saving and and calling your church. And just what an encouragement it is to to hear another testimony of grace and. I pray that we would continue that fellowship that's uh, surrounding Christ and, and associated with his grace even this evening. Help us to be
1: gracious in how we speak and, and be uh, uh, ultimately bless your name. Amen.